Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. On Thursday morning, it's the offseason. It's what it is. The draft is over. Minicamp finished up this past weekend. OTAs for the Steelers are officially supposed to start, I believe, next Tuesday. Uh, We'll see who shows up and how they work things. But it's that time of year. There's a little bit of football. You get a little bit more of a taste. And then they're going to take it all away from you again soon and and up until training camp. But here we are at Behind the Steel Curtain. We are plugging away. We are continuing to give you the best content that we can give between the podcasts and the audio side, as well as the live podcast where you can have the video on YouTube or Facebook in the evenings. And of course, at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, we still are just churning out the content, constant articles. I mean, we're talking 10, 12 articles a day, and that's not even counting breaking news and things of that sort. You're still getting film breakdowns of various things from the draft picks to camp battles to other things, but that's everything that we have going on. And here I am coming at you again Thursday morning, and. I've got to say this, we've got a contest coming up next week. Uh, Jeff Hartman has everything all set up where we will be doing a contest on the 
audio platform side on our morning shows from Monday to Friday. So that's three Let's Rides, a live mic, and a stat geek all next week. We are going to give you, uh, I think each day it's one piece of the puzzle. And when you get all five pieces of the puzzle, if you can turn in that piece of the, that puzzle and let us know what's going on, the prize is some swag from the BTSC shop, from um, our friends at Breaking Tees that do our t-shirts and stuff for us. You'll be able to pick something out thanks to them, and we will get that to you. So next week, you're going to be getting um, a special part of the puzzle from me. Not saying what part of the show it's going to be. I don't know. It all kind of depends. I'll leave that up to uh, to to when Jeff and I get that all figured out. But you're just going to have to listen to all of those shows in order to get your piece of the puzzle and to figure it out. Um, hopefully, you know your your mind can process through everything, um, much like mine does. Because I love puzzles. It's just kind of one of the things I do. That's kind of a a geeky thing. So why why not? It probably fits fits me pretty well, I guess. So today we are going to be talking about several several questions that I was asked over Twitter. I put it out on Monday um, for my Twitter account, which is STLR Superfan Dad. So if you're not following me on Twitter, Twitter, go ahead and please do that. Even if you're not a big Twitter person, but maybe you have an account just in case, you can also hit me up by sending me a question. You could. You know, you don't even have to put it on Twitter. You could uh, send me a direct message. Or if you're like, I'm not going anywhere close to that tweeting stuff, you could also just email me something at stlrsuperfandad at gmail.com. I'm looking for you all to ask the questions, to find the stats so I know what to look for. And you guys stepped up. You really did. I will be honest with you. There were some questions that I just couldn't tackle. I wanted to tackle. I even tried to tackle, um, but some of them that I that I simply couldn't. Um, uh, for example, I'm trying trying to give one. Um, I was asked about how many how many players the Steelers rushed based on what defense they were in. Short of actually going through the film itself and writing down all those plays and charting them from the 2020 season, which is not something that I have done in the past. That's the only way I'm going to be answered that question. That one came from Tyler. And unfortunately, I, I just couldn't do that one. Um, if someone knows where I could get that information, I would gladly take a look at that. Because there's also another one that I, I was diving into. I was doing the research. I was ready. That, and it was probably going to be the 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 main topic of the show today. But I, I I hit a wall. I hit a wall. And I'm going to actually put this out there for you all to say, maybe you can help me break down this wall. Because this was the question. It was from 20th Century Icon. Asked about the percentage of Ben's snaps were play action under the different offensive coordinators he's had. I started down this road. The problem was I couldn't get any play action pass information prior to 2018, which didn't really help because that's only one of the offensive coordinators. I just didn't have access to the information. Um, I would love to find somewhere that has it. I don't want to really go and buy a subscription to a, yet another place where I can get information only to find out they don't really have it. 
So that's why I was trying to inquire from various different places because I'm like, hey, I'll 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 gladly add this to my to my stats area if I know I could get the information I'm looking for. But I I can't even get that one down for sure to figure out what the play action pass percentage was. I'll tell you what, in 2018, they were last in the NFL. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that. Had some other funny ones like like what's the winning percentage over time compared to Mike Tomlin's receding hairline. That was from Zeke the Plumber. That was kind of funny. Um, also, Jerry Cherry asked me about Jerry. Hey, you've already heard Jerry Cherry today. Great intro. Love the music. Great job. Um, he wanted to know about point differential in Steelers' losses when Ben played compared to other quarterbacks. And when it came to that information, the only way I could do point differential was by team and not by player. Um, so I was looking at some stuff with the Steelers, and really a lot of it was inconclusive. Um, great idea to think about, but I also wanted to get you guys some information. So you're like, wow, you're telling us about all these questions that you're not answering. I'm just telling you, these were great questions. But sometimes great questions don't even have an avenue to to really dissect to get the answer. And if I can't really dissect it for you, I'm not going to do that. So here's what we're looking at today. Here's We're, we're actually going to answer three. Okay, this one comes from, from, from D.C. And he said, is there a way to see how many points Matt Canada's past offensive systems averaged? He says, if we can't, oh, well. You know, he said, either way, thank you, Dave. Well, you know what? I could. I was able to do that one. So we're going to actually turn back now. This is comparing stuff from college. And it all depends on various things. It depends on the program you're with. It depends on the conference you're in, the schedule, the cycle of players coming through. So there are a lot of factors involved. But bottom line is I I, I got the numbers. So I because I... Because I got the numbers, I wanted to share those with you. What I wanted to do, and I'm still trying to find it because I'm like, I should have looked that up before before we started. I um, wanted to know the number of points the Steelers averaged this past season. Well, I didn't actually average it because I know that the total was 416 points on the season. But if I do just a, a little quick average of that, that's 26 points. That's nice and an easy number to do the division for. So, ha, ah, I looked that one up while we were talking. Uh, you're welcome, Stat Geeks. <laughs> Sorry about that. So let's go ahead and look back at, at Matt Canada's previous stints as offensive coordinator when he was just a quarterback's coach or a wide receiver's coach or running back's coach didn't do that he had to be offensive coordinator at the time and I looked at how many points these teams averaged also I didn't start at the very very beginning because his first job as an offensive coordinator was actually for a FCS team I think I'm getting that right I didn't mess this up meaning they weren't you know that's the "Quote unquote second tier of of the NCAA it used to be Division One Double A back in the day, um, and that was with Butler. And because of that, I'm like, I'm just going to make the cutoff and not count that one one because it was hard to get the information. And two, um, I was I I just made that decision to, to go that way. The other thing that I did was in years where he took over a program as the offense coordinator, I compared it to the previous season. So this data, I'm going to warn you, it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of a little bit all over the place. So, but we're going to go ahead and look at it, see how it, how it works, and just give you the information. So, 
We're starting off with his first of what would be the old school division one a, um, or the FBS or however they do it now. I mean, I don't know what it was during this time, but this was in 2003 and this was at um, Northern Illinois and he was the offensive coordinator and they averaged 32.2 points per game at Northern Illinois. That was up 0.9 points from the previous year. So a little bit of improvement. And also that was his first time as offensive coordinator um, other than his time at Butler. So it's not like, they expected a lot of things there, but then, then he moved on and then he wasn't a coordinator again, an offensive coordinator again until 2007 and 2007, it was at Indiana. He was there for four years and his first year at Indiana in 2007, they averaged 31.7 points per game, which was actually 8.6 more than the previous season. So they saw a jump in points, uh, when, when in, in Canada's first year, but then Everything changed. The very second year, 2008, huge drop from 31.7 down to 20.5. I don't know what was going on. I didn't go look into what was going on in the program or the NCAA at the time, and I'm not a huge college football guy. I look at it after the fact how it pertains to the pros, but not that I'm breaking it down while it's going on. So they huge drop down to 20.5, but then they increased to 20.3 or 23.5. Um, in 2009, and then up to 27.2 in 2010. So after that big jump down, it increased year by year. Then in 2011, Canada goes back to Northern Illinois as the offensive coordinator, and they averaged 38.3 points per game. Now that was up 0.3 points from what they were the, the year before. So um, that's a pretty that's a pretty big point per game total there when you're talking 38.3 not his highest but actually looking at everything that was his second highest that was his second highest so then after one year at northern illinois he moves on to wisconsin where he was at wisconsin for one year in 2012 and they averaged 29.6 points per game that was down 14 and a half points from the previous year but I don't know if that was all Canada. I think that might have been part of an entirely new coaching change. Um, Wisconsin had just come off a great year. I'm not sure this the situation there, so please don't quote me on that. I'm just trying to give the information. So that one, and he only lasted a year. Don't know what 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 had him move on, but he moved on the next year to NC State, where he was there for three years. And when he comes into NC State. They're averaging 22.8 points per game, which was down 5.3 points from their previous year. So you're probably already looking at it like, yikes. But then they saw a big jump the next year, in year two where Canada was there, up to 30.2 points a game. And then the next year in 2015, they were up to 33.2 points a game. So by the so in three seasons, he he increased more than 10 points from year one to year three. Uh, once once he was there. Then after that, he moved on to Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh in 2016. This was the big one, and this is the one that everyone probably remembers more than anything. That was 40.9 points per game at, at Pitt. Um, that was up 12.7 points per game from the previous year for them. That was a big year um, for Pitt football. Um, that was... Um, I'm I'm trying to remember what else. I think that was when they knocked off Clemson that year. Like I say, I don't 
follow college as much as I do the NFL, just just because. Um, but that that was where a lot of where he really probably even more got his name out there. From that, he only lasted at Pitt for a year because he had a chance to go to LSU. And he went to LSU for 2017. They averaged 27.2 points a game. It was down 1.1 points the year before, so not a lot. And then some things just weren't right there. And he moved on from there. I don't think it was – I still – if I heard correctly, if I remember right, there's still like a, like a non-disclosure agreement and stuff like that. So don't even want to go there. Then we had 2018 – Maryland. I'm going with this one. He was the offensive coordinator turned interim head coach. I don't know that he surrendered the play calling or anything at that time. Um, I just honestly couldn't tell you. They averaged 28.5 points per game, which was up 4.4 points. I live in Maryland. I know a lot of Maryland fans and a lot of people wanted him to be the next coach. And he was just gone after that. So that is the numbers behind Matt Canada's offenses. So if you look at it, what is very, very interesting, I must admit, is that last year, the Steelers, now Grant, this is the NFL. This is the NFL. It's completely different from college. But lot, a lot more of college influence, especially on the offensive side of the ball, has moved its way into the NFL. And Canada is one of these guys that they're like, he's more in a, you know, a lot of college teams would draw on his, not college, a lot of pro teams would draw on his college to implement stuff. And then they're like, well, why don't you just hire the guy? So last year, the Steelers got their feet wet with him a little bit. And um, when he was the quarterback's coach, I've often wondered, I've really got to bring this up because um, this was something I know um, Jeff Hartman had an, had an article out um, at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It was out on Wednesday. It was about about um, the a lot of the success for the Steelers falls on Canada's shoulders. And I got to thinking, how long was the writing on the wall for Randy Feigner? Did he know this was coming last year when they hired Canada as the quarterback's coach? I don't know. I don't have any inside information. I really wish I did. For all we knew, Randy was going through last year um, knowing that he was going to be out that chance that he really wasn't getting the job done. I don't know how things were behind the scenes or anything else, or maybe this came completely out of the blue whenever, whenever it all came down when coach Feetner was let go following the 2020 season. I don't know. It's just a very interesting question, but if you look at it, those, those 26 points that the Steelers averaged, um, Canada did not have a stop in his in with any college program that had where he didn't reach more than that those points averaged. So I mean he he did it a, a couple years like Indiana he had two years that were less than twenty six points, but he also had two years that were more than. Um, and same with with NC State. So we'll even say this when he left the program. The year he left, they averaged more points than what the Steelers averaged last year, with the lowest actually being 27.2, which was a tie between Indiana and LSU. So that's one question that I was going to tackle. I have another question we're going to we're going to answer. Actually, I have two more questions we're going to answer uh, that were that were brought to me this week. So we're going to go ahead and take our break right now. So stick around, check out some 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 tunes from from Jerry Cherry Band as we go out. 
deal with the commercial, and we'll be right back after this. now with Game Pass. With the Steeler Stat Geek, this is Dave Schofield, still with you here. We've already talked about looking at how many points uh, Matt Canada offensive scored in college, just to have an idea of what of uh, you know what kind of numbers we're getting into. Hopefully, those numbers can can increase for the Steelers next year. Um, I have another question that we're going to do. This one's kind of a whole different topic. This one comes from Logan DeLorenzo on Twitter. It's also known as the Man Cave slash Three Rivers True. I can't even see it all. His, his name's too long, but that's okay. So that that that's Logan, who uh, who is who is oftentimes in our live chats on YouTube. And his question was this: He said, "If we have an average run game, where would that put us statistically compared to where we finished last year in yards per?" rush, yards per game, things of that sort. So I broke it down. I looked at what the Steelers did. I looked at what the average was in the NFL. And here's what I did for the average in the NFL. I didn't actually add up everything and average it. I looked at team number 16. Who was 16th in these categories? Who was the team and what did they have? I just figured that was just as easy. So in other words, I wasn't looking at the mean average. I was looking at the median. I was looking at the one in the middle. I could have looked at 16 or 17. So I just went with 16 just because... It looked better. So here we go. Last year, the Pittsburgh Steelers were 32nd in rushing. They rushed for 1,351 yards on 373 carries, which that was 28th in the NFL in attempts. So not only was their yardage bad, their their attempts weren't many, but they weren't as bad as their yardage, which meant the yards um, per carry was not good. We'll get to them here eventually. So I averaged those out. That came to, in case you didn't know, um, 84.4 yards per game on 23.3 attempts per game. So yikes, 84 yards, yikes, 84 yards. We're, we're going to look at that real quick, but let's look at the average, the average in the NFL, the team that came in 16th, it was the, in rushing, it was the Kansas city chiefs. So that just goes to show you how much an average run game how far that can take you. You don't have to have the world's most stellar run game, but just an average run game got a team to the Super Bowl last year after winning it the year before. They rushed for 1,799 yards, which is a, which is a 112.4 yards per game. The average or the 16th rushing attempts 
was actually by the Miami Dolphins. They had 428, which comes to 26.75 attempts per game. So in other words, about three and a half more attempts per game. And my goodness, you know, just shy of 30 yards more per game than what the Steelers have. But if you go back and look at the Steelers schedule last year, they rushed for over 100 yards their first five games. Jeffrey Benedict said it many times. They were The Steelers were in the top 10 in the NFL in rushing through week five last season. But then things fell apart. Notice they also got some good rushing from their wide receivers. They were running those end arounds, things like that. But then they started to get figured out with some of the stuff that they were doing because they weren't meshing Randy's offense and Canada's offense together very well, it appears. And teams figured out what they were doing. And, and that's something... As someone who used to coach high school football, I remember a lot of times when when the one season I was running the scout offense for for the varsity team, I I would run the scout offense so the defense was getting their work in, and we had a really good season. Only time only time in the history of the of the high school they've ever won a playoff game, um, and, and when we beat a legendary program, we beat um, Dunbar out of Baltimore, um, forty one to nothing. Also, um, but go, leading up to that, we um, one of the things that I noticed a lot when t, when we would go up against like a wing T offense, so that would be the kind of stuff that we were we were running, is that if you saw a certain motion, you knew what play was coming, you know. And I noticed, and I had to point it out to our coaches at times. I thought that when we would run a certain motion, you knew a play was coming. If we were running, um, uh, if we were motioning in the 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 wide receiver, a lot of times he was coming in to to set the end for a sweep run in that direction. And there would be times where teams were jumping all over where they'd see that 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 wide receiver go motion and so you know sweep, sweep, sweep. You know, things like that. You can't set up your offense to where the team knows what play is coming. And I feel for the last several years, I knew what play was coming when the Steelers based on I mean, they run that jumbo package in there and they're not fooling anyone to where they're going to run the ball. You know they're going to run it, and you have a pretty good idea where they're going to run it. So that became a problem last year when the Steelers were rushing for more than 100 yards their first five games. Teams started to realize, oh, well, they're only doing these motions when they run the ball. So if you see the motion, you know a run's coming, jump for it. If if there's no, if not, then there you go. So I looked at this, and I'm like, wow. This, the, out of those first five games, the lowest rushing total was 109 yards against the Denver Broncos. So that was, when you look at that, you're like, they were well over average for those games. Then you have the Titans. Yeah, they rushed for 94 yards. At least that was, you know, more than what they averaged for the season. But then they completely fell off a cliff. The only game they hit 100 yards rushing again for the rest of the season was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I mean, you're talking about, about two games with only 20 yards rushing in the 20s. Then you had four other games in the 40s. It was just not good. If you could take that 112 average and just slap in 112 yards per game, especially in those games that the Steelers lost. I mean, my goodness, they rushed for 21 yards against the Washington football team. They rushed for 47 yards against the Buffalo Bills. If you just had an average running attack, those games are hugely different. Okay. I'm that that's just the way it would be. So honestly, that's true. I went ahead and broke it down a little bit further. And I looked at, um, touchdowns like the Steelers were 27th 
in the NFL and rushing touchdowns last year with 12. They were tied for 27th. Okay, that's that's three touch three rushing touchdowns every four games. Okay. Um, the league average was 16, which is one rushing touchdown a game. Um, or and I say that because it was it was um there was a bunch of teams right around the 16th. They were actually tied, I believe, for 15th. There was four teams tied for 15th. 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th spot were all 16 touchdowns. And that was Philly, Green Bay, Buffalo, and Tampa. There's your Super Bowl winner, middle of the road, in rushing touchdowns for the season. You know, Buffalo, you know, Green Bay was the number one seed in the NFC. You know, Buffalo went to the AFC championship game. My goodness, it just goes to show that if you're just average, what you can do, and just by having that one touchdown a game. But then the the yards per attempt, the Steelers were dead last in the league, of course, with 3.62 yards per attempt, where if the team that was ranked 16th was the San Francisco 49ers at 4.32 yards per attempt. So, I mean, my, my goodness, that another three quarters of a yard every time you rush the ball and the difference that that would be. So if you're talking about just being average next year, my goodness, you're talking about 1,800 yards rushing, 1,800 yards rushing. And the problem with that is how long has it been since the Steelers had 1,800 yards rushing in a season? Well, um, I'm, oh, I don't actually have the totals here. All I have is where they ranked for the season. Shoot. Sorry about that. I thought I already had that. Had, I thought I had that up for you, but I don't. But it's, it, it, it hasn't been for several seasons that they've rushed that much. So I'm going to give you that goal, 1,800 yards. 1,800 yards rushing in 2021 as a team. And there you go, and I think you'll see a big difference. So we're almost out of time here. We're getting there. I have one more question that I had to answer because it was actually put out there on Twitter, so I needed to make sure I got it. And it was the first one asked by one Michael Beck, deputy editor behind the steel curtain. Um, And he says, I know he knew it wasn't a stat question, but it was something he was interested in. So I did it. I did the research. And he said, which jersey number? has been worn by the most players, and which number the least? Not really a stats question, but I'm interested. Yes, I know you're interested, Michael. And and I did it. I figured it out. And you're like, yep, I went through 99 numbers and counted up how many players they each had. That's the kind of stuff that I do just so I can answer silly stats questions, even when it's not a stat question. So here it is. Here we go. There is, let's start with the least, and you're going to see a trend with this. The least, the number that has been issued, the least number of times by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I got to give a disclaimer. I set you all up. You are ready for it. And then I have to explain myself. I used pro football reference where they have numbers listed of players on a team. I did go in and check each one because my goodness, you're talking about the entire franchise history. So if they had the player listed under that number, then they they got counted. There were some guys that were counted several times. I mean, my goodness, Dan McCullers, I think, had three different numbers while he was with the Steelers. So therefore, he actually counted under each one because he had it at some point. And as the more modern guys, like guys that are on the roster right now, they're counting. But this is just what it came to. And so therefore, I'm just going to give it to you. Um, least. There was, there is one number, and some of you might even know the answer to this, that was only ever issued to one player. 
That is correct. There is one number by the Pittsburgh Steelers only ever issued to one player, and it was the first number ever retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would be none other than the number 70 of Ernie Stotner. Um, no one was issued it before him as recorded by Pro Football Reference, and because it was retired, no one has been issued that since. Now, since then, there has been the next close, not since then, the next closest, that's what I'm trying to say. The next closest is there are three different numbers that have only been worn by four players. Three numbers only worn by four players. So you got to think about this. Okay. Um, why would they not be worn by more players? Do they kind of take them out of circulation? Would there not be much in there? And honestly, here's the answer. Think of players that played a long time. The first one is someone who played a long time with the Steelers and played a long time much beyond the Steelers. And the Steelers have said they do not issue this number anymore. And that is the number one. Uh, there's only four players that have ever worn number one for the Steelers, um, as recorded by Pro Football Reference. I should just go ahead and stop saying that. Two of them were running backs. Uh, they were Warren Heller in 1936 and um, Merrill Condit. I think I said that right. Running back in 1940. And then um, David Trout in 1981. And then the last player to wear it was Gary Anderson from 1982 to 1994, and that's been it. Now, I didn't list out all the other ones for these other two numbers, but I will tell you, it's two Steelers that have, or two players that have played in more games than anybody else as, as the other two numbers, and that would be only four players have ever worn the number seven, and only four players have ever worn the number 58. So we're talking Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Webster, because no one's worn uh, 58 cents Webster. Um, in the eighties. And I have to remind myself it was in the eighties because he, he played a very long time. So the, that's the numbers that have been worn the least. I just, I went ahead and threw in the other ones. They only had four just because that was fun. And frankly, I thought that might've been the answer until I got to number 70. But now the number that has been issued the most times, the most times. And I, I don't know if this is really accurate. This, like I say, it's just uh, according to pro football reference. Issued to 34 different players over the years would be the number 25. 25, which which was Gil Robinson, John Burleson, Bull Snyder, Ben Smith, John Kresge, Vinny Seitz, Vinny Farrar, Tom Burnett, Coley McDonough, Hugh McDonough, John Naoti, Ed Stofko, Cullen Rogers, Al Drulis, Frank Minini, Dick Henley, Ray Matthews, that's when you're starting to get into a little bit more current. Okay. Ron Curry, Jerry Simmons, Dwayne Allen, Don Shy. Matt, we just now made it to the to the merger. Then from the merger on, Don Shanklin, Ray Oldham, Marvin Cobb, Greg Best, Anthony Tuggle, David Arnold, Gary Jones, Fred McAfee, Ryan Clark, Bryce McCain, Brandon Boykin, Artie Burns, and Antoine Brooks Jr. There you go. Number 25, that's the most. With that, we are going to call it a show. Make sure that you are checking out all our morning podcasts next week for that giveaway. Make sure you are checking out all our podcasts on our on our uh, both our live podcasts on YouTube and Facebook, as well as the audio only. For some of you, I know a couple of our podcasts, we've been having problems with everything, not just us, but across the board with at times with uh, with 
the Apple podcasts. A couple of them haven't shown up. But uh, if that's the case, you can find it in any other platform or go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and there will be an article where you can actually listen to the podcast in the article if you wish. And, of course, I say make sure you are checking out the website. Lots of good information there. Keep the questions coming. I like finding stuff to do for you all. It makes it so much more fun. It actually takes a lot more time because I got to sort through different things to see what I can and can't answer. But I'd rather answer the questions that you guys would want to hear. So there you have it. Matt Canada's off uh, point scored every year. He was an offensive coordinator. There you have what the Steelers could do to just be an average run team this year and the difference it would make. And some fun with Jersey numbers. So we'll catch you next Thursday. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.